Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. So today's scripture is in Isaiah 55, 1 through 5, and then 10 through 12. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast and sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and, co- and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and spout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, and it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. This is the word of God for the people of God. Hey, y'all, good morning. Good morning. I'll tell you what, between uh, Darius and Sam, they all have done such a good job of waking you up. If I put you to sleep, ooh, shame on me. <laughs> My name is Brittany. I'm the pastor here. It's so good to see you on Pride Sunday. And um, I'm starting to see some colored t-shirts as people are getting ready for marching in the Pride Parade, which is really exciting. Um, Before we do that, I want to talk about partying. That's what we've been talking about these last couple of weeks, right? Partying. Several years ago, a colleague of Monica invited us to this block party that they were having in their neighborhood. We didn't live in their neighborhood. We didn't know anybody else on the block. But I'm always up for a party, so I gladly accepted the invitation. Now, this particular block party in West Rogers Park has It's an annual event where they shut down the block and the tradition is that everyone invites their friends. There's a big potluck that happens. Kids play races up and down the streets and it is just this huge, wonderful time. I love block parties because there's this, it's it's this idea of a party exponential, 
right? Like the party is too big to contain in a house or a backyard. It has to spill out into the streets for anybody and everybody that is coming by, right? It's sort of what we do with Midsummer Fest and I don't even know all the festivals that have been happening lately, um, but they spill out into the streets because they cannot be contained in a building. Our friend's invitation to this block party, then it sort of felt like the scripture passage here. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the beverage center. And you that don't even live on this block, come and enjoy wine coolers and margaritas, all as a gift without price. Just come to the party, right? There is something beautiful to this scripture passage that we've read today and something beautiful to this idea of a party in the streets. We've been talking these last few weeks about the gospel party, right? About, about how we are invited to party as people of God. Now, I think I have not intentionally said these words, and I'm about to say it today, so get back, watch out. But what we're talking about is evangelism. I haven't said that word because I, if I say evangelism, does it, is anybody like shutting down inside? Is anybody nervous about where this sermon might be going, right? And so instead we've been talking about a party. We've been talking about inviting people to the party. Y'all, it's the same thing. A lot of times as Christians we have this idea that evangelism is this very like dour, serious, uh, we have to we have to save people's eternal souls. Um, and so it is, it is too serious to have fun with, right? Did anybody grow up like that, with that idea? Yeah. But what I want to say is that evangelism is good news. It's about sharing the good news. I have given example after example of this over the years. It's about me loving pie and so telling everybody about first slice pie, right? It's about... <laughs> Hallelujah. I knew I would get a hallelujah today. I didn't know it was going to be about pie, right? It's about me loving my dentist and telling everybody about my dentist, right? It is about finding something and sharing it because it is so good that you can't leave it unshared. That is what this party that we're talking about is. It's fun. It's fun. God, in this scripture passage, shows us that God is always inviting. But sometimes we can't see that, and so we get to invite others too, right? This passage of scripture in Isaiah, it's, it's um, about a lavish feast. It is actually written to the elite Israelites who have been forcibly deported to Babylon when Jerusalem fell as a city. So there was a war between the people of Israel and Babylon, and Babylon won, and the Israelites were deported. They were exiled. And they hoped upon hope to return to Jerusalem, to the great city that they once had. But they also knew that it might not be possible, and so they were starting to fit in to Babylon. They were starting to live as exiles. It was difficult, right, because they were trying to hang on to their Jewish heritage, to their identity, to this covenant that, that is spoken about in the scripture passage to the Davidic covenant, and yet it was a completely different economy and culture and religious values of life. And so they were living in this dual, as dual citizens, in this dual world. 
Day by day, their hope and belief that God was going to remember them and return them to Israel was eroding. Right. And, and so they were starting to just sort of be weary in their life as exiles in Babylon. It was in the midst of this weariness that Isaiah the prophet calls those exiled to return to God. Isaiah reminds the people that they need to embrace, re-embrace their distinctive identity as God's people, as people of the covenant with David, and therefore all of Israel. I think about um, the, the people of Israel being in exile, and, and then my imagination sort of goes wild. Where are people in exile today, right? Who is in exile today? And you know, the, the quick response, and the response I have to say, right, the LGBT people are oftentimes in exile. We talked about that last week, right? Oftentimes we feel like we don't have a place in the church. Darius, where did you just go? You're, you, you've been sitting there the whole time, but I lost you. Darius spoke about that in his testimony today, right? Feeling like you are in exile. But also, as I was digging and reflecting on this, I realized that actually all of us are in exile. We Think about the news headlines that you've read this last week or maybe this last month. We are all living in exile from the, from the gospel promise of what God envisions this world to be. We live in this crazy world of meritocracy. We earn what we get, right? It tells us that you earn love by who you know. You earn love by what you do, by how much money you make. It tells us um, that we get what we get. That, I'm, I'm sorry. It tells us that we only get what we are willing to give, right? So we, we decide, like, how much am I willing to give because what will it give me in return? That is the sort of meritocracy that we live in, right? It reminds us to hold on to what is ours and to make sure not to share, right? Because every, everywhere we turn, we are met with this message of scarcity, that there is not enough, right? I, just, uh, you know, as a, a small example over this last, this happens materially and it happens emotionally. And so I, I just want to share over the last couple of weeks with, with our um, new fostering experience, I find myself questioning, can I abundantly care for a little one when I might not get out of it what I want? Can I abundantly care for this little one who might ultimately return home, which is restoration and beautiful? And it means it leaves a hole in ours, right? That is my meritocracy idea living, right? So my tendency is to be scarce with my love when what this little one needs is abundant love. Scarcity is everywhere. It plays out on our state level, right? We have this rhetoric that we can't um, give too much money to, they call it entitlement programs through social services. It infuses our national and international policies when we hear words like, we need to build a wall to protect the United States from Mexico. We see it in the UK when they decide to pull out of the EU. The prevailing message is we don't have enough for ourselves. 
and so we can't possibly share it with others, right? Do we live in this world, y'all, or is it just me? I feel like I'm in exile because this is not the gospel promise. See, as Jesus people, as people of the resurrection, we know that we worship a God who offers abundance out of scarcity, who heals those who are broken, who brings resurrection out of death itself. What God promises here in this scripture passage is outrageous. From a place of exile and scarcity, from a place of desert with no livestock to speak, God promises milk. From a place of of scarcity and desert where there are no healthy vines to grow grapes, God promises wine. This passage, it is, God says, come, buy, eat, listen, delight, behold. That world that you are living in, that someone has told you is the party, it is not the party. It is not the party. The party is over here. The party is life abundant. The party is this covenant with God to be God's beloved and chosen people. The Gospel of John says it this way. Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. The world of scarcity and meritocracy that we live in cannot compete with the abundant, abundant life that we find in God. And wow, y'all, once you experience that, once we experience it, we can't go back. Once we have tasted the food at this gospel street party, we, it, we, it spills out further into the streets. It goes from one block to two to five to 30, right? It becomes a giant block party. Everywhere we go becomes the opportunity for an invitation. And we don't do this out of fear for other people's immortal souls. We do this because we have been liberated from a world of scarcity into a life of abundance, and we want to share that with everybody we see. Everybody we see. We want to share it out of joy. We want to share because it's what we found. Now, y'all are going to get a second chance of this. But that opening song, I'm Coming Out, that was the saddest singing I've ever seen. I don't know how you can stay sitting down in your seat when that song comes on. I, I know Keith was trying, he, he was wanting to stand up. He's the only one I saw. Everybody else was like. Y'all, do you know about that song? Diana Ross um, went to see a concert of Niall Rogers and this other guy, I can't remember his name. And uh, she thought he was great. She went with her daughters. And so she, it was 1979. So she commissioned Niall Rogers to to write a song for her. And so I don't know what musicians do when they're trying to figure out how to write a song, but he was at a gay club and he was in, it says he was in the bathroom using the urinal, and on either side of him were these two women uh, dressed in drag as, as Diana Ross. They were both, they were both dressed. He, I think he said there were three, so I don't know, maybe two were on one side and one. And he was like, she is an icon in the gay community. 
And so she, he sort of got inspired and he wrote this song, I'm Coming Out, which is about coming out, right? <laughs> it's a liberating song for the gay community. Um, he said later in an interview that it was the first time he ever lied to a musician. When, when he played this sort of demo for Diana Ross, she's like, but if I sing this, won't everybody think I'm gay? Is, it, is this like, will people think this is my coming out song? And this is where he lied, oh no, it's not about that. <laughs> she was in the middle of transitioning from Motown Records to another label, and he, was, he said, you know, it's about you coming out from the thumb of Barry Gordy. It's about liberation. It's about joy. Um, and so you're going to be fine. <laughs> and what happened, y'all? It's a great, it's, a, it's about gay liberation. And it's about coming out in joy, right? We sing this song, and we're going to sing it. You're going to get a second chance. We sing this song because it is about being liberated from a worldview of scarcity to a life of abundance. It is about being liberated from a world of meritocracy to a life of joy. So let us go forth today. Perhaps we're marching in the Pride Parade. Perhaps we aren't for all of the reasons that Sam named. But wherever we go today after worship, today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day, let us go out in joy to be led back in peace, as the scripture says. The mountains and the hills and Lake Michigan shall burst forth into song. And all of the trees of the field and the weeds and whatever else we see on the city sidewalk shall clap their hands at the abundance of our almighty God. We go out in joy, taking the gospel party to the street, reminding this world that the source of all life is abundance. And that is joyful. Thanks be to God.